episode, the question we want to explore is how do men develop meaningful relationships with other men? So this is not, this is not, this is friendship. So meaning, meaningful friendships with other men. We all know the statistic or the saying about your, it's something along the lines of your, the sum of your five closest friends, something like that. I'm not, I'm not quite sure. You're the average of your five closest friends. You're the average of your five closest friends. And then we think about a lot of our male groups. That's not always a good thing. Like we don't always have the best people around us. And that does impact our lives in lots of different ways. And I want to explore why that is. I want to explore the different types of friends we have. If I think about my own personal life, I have friends that I went to school with. I have friends that I grew up with, like childhood friends. And not all my childhood friends is good to be around all the time. Like we've been through a lot of stuff together, but you know, they might be doing stuff that I don't really want to do, but we still have emotional connections to each other. So exploring some of those ideas, exploring where I, uh, ideas of friendships come from. So do you have any ideas on friendships with other men, where that comes from, or where the ideas come from? How do we form friendships with other men? If you think about your earliest friendships with guys, I guess in in high school, earlier than high school, how did that form? I think for me, one thing I realized is that um, I gained a lot of childhood friends from the situations I was in, right? So I played sports growing up. So you get to the point where you're grinding, you're putting in work, and you look to your left, you look to your right, and there's somebody doing the same thing with you. And then you all get to the point where y'all are going to each other's house every weekend, and y'all are playing basketball, playing football every day. So it comes to the point where y'all share a common vision or a common goal. And then you all just spend time together because you know, like, if I'm down, this person has my back, this person is doing the same thing. So it makes it more, it makes it more easy to actually get stuff done. And that's what I found in a, in a young age. And to be honest, like I was the only child. So it was really, really hard in the beginning to let go of that. Like it was really hard to let people in, Yeah. but I think it started there. It's sharing a common goal. And you played uh, sports too, Mike Rose. Was it the same thing for you as well? I mean, for me personally, when it came to making friends <clears throat> growing up, I was always, uh, I like to surround myself with like someone, surround myself with people that I view are the best of whatever category. That doesn't mean like, oh, I only surround myself with the smartest. Like if I, like when I was growing up, bro, I used to be the guy, like if you seem like the coolest guy in the room, I might try and be cool with you. Cause I always, I always used to look at it as, there's something you're doing that's right. So, and obviously as I got older, that began to adapt in my mind, but that's how I usually associated with people. Like if you was in, if I used to pay attention to people and be like, if you're on a lot of BS and you play around a lot while we in class, I usually straight away and naturally just acclimate. I mean, uh, naturally just let, what's the word that I'm thinking of? Uh, I naturally just came around those kinds of people. So, you know, I, that, as I spent time around those kinds of people, we would get close and things of that nature, and then those bonds would be built. I don't know. I was kind of strategic with my friendships growing mm-hmm. up. I wasn't 
a guy that was just gonna let anybody in my life. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm my only child too. And I've, you know, I've realized now that I'm older that that definitely impacted the way that I communicate with people and get close with people. Cause it's, it's like, I never had that brother or sister, sibling to talk to on a regular. So I necessarily didn't see, I didn't feel the urge to get that out of everybody. So I'd be very strategic with how I got close to people. Yeah. If I think about, see, I have a sister, so it's a little bit different when you have a sibling with you because, you know, whether you have a brother or sibling, your sibling is not brother or sister. It's just like, oh, this is my sibling. I play PlayStation with my sibling. I go to the park with my sibling. It, It really doesn't matter until a certain age, right? But... I think my earliest relationships, like both of you, were developed from sports. I don't think that's always a good thing, though, because, like, like you said, my bro, about lean into whoever you think is best at a category at that given time. When you're young in your high school and earlier, you don't really know, do you? You don't really like know exactly what the best things are for you. So you might thinking you might think hanging around the cool people is the best, but those cool people are actually doing things maybe you shouldn't be doing. Are those some challenges that both of you had or any of you had? Um, for me, my my dad was in my ear at a young age, so I realized at a very young age that loyalty is way more important than like your 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 current circumstance, right? Mm-hmm. I'd rather be around someone that's loyal and they understand that we're working towards something other than someone that just has it all figured out at, at a young age. Mm-hmm. Because <laughs> a lot of people that haven't figured out, they haven't figured out based off how they were brought up. Like, you just don't come out the womb understanding things. Somebody introduced you to that at a very young age and it allowed you to understand it faster than the people around you, right? So with my dad being like in my life and just being able to just talk to me in a very, very deep, meaningful way, I realized that I just want to be around people that have my best interests and yeah. vice versa. So, yeah. Well, can you repeat the question one more time? I'm trying to form what I want to say. Maybe, maybe it helped to talk a little bit and expand on what Henry was talking about, about loyalty. Because that, that's an interesting concept. And that's, I think, you know, we, we can say that's universal to everybody. But I think when you're, and this is my bias coming in, when you're a boy or you're a man, I think we put loyalty on one, on like, it might be one of the top three values that you want in anybody that we would say loyalty. And, then, and I'm sure women and non-binary people will say that too. But, you know, a lot of what we do is grounded in loyalty, right? But that, yeah, that, that, I, that can become toxic as well. I agree. I mean, I, and I definitely, uh, I think now that I'm graduated throughout college that I began to understand how much I seek loyalty out of people because I just, I'm not, I, I realized in college I naturally don't trust anyone. Like when I first meet you, it doesn't mean we have a problem but I just don't trust you. Like, it's like, I look at you as somebody that's capable of anything. While on one end, I'm protecting myself. On another end, 
I'm kind of looking at everybody in a light that they don't deserve to be put in yet. Like, I really don't give everybody a shake that says, oh, you're a good person. I look at everybody like, okay, you have potential to do harm to me, which is a problem that I realized while I was in college. <clears throat> is that a similar thing for you, Henry, too? But I, I was discussing a similar thing, and I said a similar thing to a friend earlier today. I said about relationships with a lot of men, even though we might have our friends around us, there is always a little bit competitive edge there that anybody can do anything at any given time. And that's always in our head. At least that's what I thought. And that's my subjective experience. It's, do you have similar experiences? You said something really powerful there because I was actually thinking this before we started this conversation that there's a lot of times definitely in our community, the African-American community, where we think we have to be better than our brother. We we think that we always have to have the upper hand or that person should not have the upper hand based on where we're at in life. Like everything's a competition. But mm-hmm. I, I was like that at one point, but I realized that it doesn't have to be like that because at the end of the day, if you're eating, somebody else can eat too. And at the end of the day, sometimes you have to be able to put your pride aside and take risks and maybe fail a couple of times to realize, okay, that person doesn't have my best interest, mm-hmm. right? Because I let go of overthinking things because I realize you never know unless you try. You never know if you allow somebody to take advantage of opportunity and give them an opportunity to be a friend, right? Because to be a, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Yeah. And so you have to open up. Right. You have to open up first. And really, you can't predict whether someone's going to be disloyal to you. You have to really give it a chance and, you know, work work from there. So where, where does this idea of competition come from? Is that just random? Are we talking? I mean, I think here in America, I mean, it's just the way it's set up. I mean, we're taught, you know, we're, we're, we live here in the, the mindset that if you work really hard and you work harder than the person next to you, you'll get more in life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The people that work hard get more. So I think that transitions in our minds to, okay, well, I got to look left and look right and see how hard they're working. Because if I'm not working as hard as them, then I'm not working hard enough. Yeah, That turns to competitiveness because you're like, well, shoot, I want to be at the top. I want to have the most, especially in our culture of, I want this, I want that culture. You know what I'm saying? Like we're, especially the African-Americans, we're very flashy. So we want to seem like we have the most. We want, I won't say everybody's like that. I hate being that kind of, I hate people that are like that. But there is, in my opinion, a nice portion of the population that does want to be seen as I have the most, I have this, I want to show you what I have, I'm the best. And I just think that that's kind of, a piece of where the competitive nature that we all naturally have comes from. So I would ask both of you, what makes men and women different in that aspect? If that's, if competition is a cultural thing and like strong competition, especially in a capitalist society is very, very strong. Why is there difference or is there difference in how men or boys embrace that and how women or girls embrace that? Mm. I mean, if you ask me, women, I don't, 
I mean, I don't think with this is really subject to sex. Like I see women that are competitive, but what I will say is that women may be quicker to lift each other than, than men. You know what I'm saying? On that level, even though they're being competitive, they're going to lift each other. But I don't want to make it sound like men don't try and lift each other up. That's not, I don't want to say that. Yeah. But I, that's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Well, what do you think, Henry? Why, uh, why do we embrace competition as much as we do, especially compared to, let's say, women or non-binary? Um, I would honestly say that it, and, um, Michael, Michael Rowe, he, he threw a lot of gems in there and I, I agree with everything he said, because at the end of the day, it's really how the culture is set up, right? You grow up in a society where everything is measured and data is king, right? And it looks like from, I mean, think about the whole 30 for 30, I mean, 30 under 30, like the fourth list, right? These, these people that surround our age, they're listed yeah. as one of the top influential people in their specific industry, right? Yeah. Looking at that and being the same age as them, you ask yourself, like, what am I doing? Yeah. And it gets to the point where you're driven by that. And you might have people around you that's willing to help you, but it's easy. It's so easy to get stuck in your ways and mm-hmm. think that you can do it by yourself. Man, <clears throat> I definitely yeah, man, so- I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I just, just want to say, man, that's some major that you just touched in on there. And I just, really something that I think about all the time is how we have all these awards in our society and then we make it seem like that's like a pinnacle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is what you, this is what success looks like if you got this award. You know what I'm saying? Like, that leads to a lot of people feeling either A, lesser than or B, they feel like they need to go harder and work harder to try and get to their level. When in reality, some people out here are really doing straight for themselves. They just don't have that notoriety. Exactly, exactly. And for me, and this is kind of outside of what we're talking about, but I just want to throw it in there. For me, that changed when I realized that your why is the most important thing. Like why you're doing something is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing else really matters. Cause if you're doing it for a purpose and it's solving a problem for a group of people, nothing else matters. So. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe. And also, to, to piggyback off of what uh, Michael Rose said, also when it comes to the comparison between men and women, I believe that there is some women that have that nature, but you also have to realize that African-American women have been put down a lot just like us, and sometimes even worse. So they, they get to the point where they, I mean, think about corporate, the corporate office and the African-American women. They get in there and they're so smart and they have everything that they're bringing to the table and sometimes they're belittled and they put they are put down so much so they have to figure out a way to gain the upper hand and sometimes they will even like push their sister off the pedestal in order for them to succeed but i do believe that there's a large group of women that are realizing that we can do this together like if 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 i can't do it i know there's a woman out there that can do it and we can create something beautiful together and i'm seeing that a lot that's, so I think it just I, gets to a point where conversations like this have to be held to make sure that men, all men, understand that we can do the same thing. Yeah. And and that's part of the reason I wanted to explore some of these issues because I like what I see from women and I find myself yeah. questioning why aren't men more cooperative? Why aren't we doing similar things? Why don't we talk about issues amongst each other 
that women talk about similar issues, but specific to them amongst each other. Why don't we talk about it? And going back to what Mike Rowe said at the beginning, kind of tying it back, Mike Rowe, you said you are strategic about your friendships and align with the successful people. But is that do again coming back to the competition? Is that related to the competition? Hello? I don't. I think he's on mute. Can you hear me? I'm sorry. I don't know how I muted myself. <laughs> but I, I, what I was saying was, is that I don't think that that relates to competition. That's just, I'm the type of person where I have to see somebody do it, or I feel like I can, I'm, I'm, I feel like my gift is my ability to learn. So I want to be around those I can learn from. So that's why I try to surround myself by the, with the successful because I feel like anything any successful person does, I can do. I can learn it. So I just naturally just surround myself with those, with the people that I'm interested in. You know, I mean, the pe- the things that I'm interested in, I surround myself with the people that are doing the best in those topics. Yeah. It's not and really so, competitive. It's just learning, really. Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to explore. It'll be interesting, sorry, just mm-hmm. hold on a second, please. Mm-hmm. My roommate's just in the kitchen, so. Mm-hmm. I do want to say, um, Mike Rowe, that's that that trait can be really really beneficial in some ways because I was told at a young age when you enter a room always look for the person in charge. Like, and I've even learned in business, like you want to always communicate with the person, the top dog, because like, at the end of the day, they're they are the person making decisions. And this is kind of different from what you're saying, but I think in some ways that can be really beneficial. Of course, it can be negative in some ways, but I think if you always have that mindset and you realize that I'm getting into this industry and I can locate the person that's really, really good at what they're doing and learn from them, you have the upper hand because you don't know what you don't know. So, yeah, I just want to say that. I definitely agree. I, I, it's something that a lot of people that I wish a lot of people did because there's, there's one, the one thing that upsets me the most about anybody that tries to get into anything is that, that they don't ever try to take those steps to connect with the people that's doing it. And then they, and then, you know, when somebody loses their motivation and it doesn't get off the ground and you talk to them, well, who'd you talk to? It's like a lot of people aren't saying that they tried to talk to anyone. And I'm like, well, in my mind, I'll be honest, if I try to start something and I didn't talk to the people that was the best at it, I never really attempted to be honest with you. Like I should, like I shouldn't even be upset that I didn't get it off the ground because I never really attempted. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that piece is major in terms of trying to get things started or doing whatever you want to do for yourself, you know? So continuing, continuing discussion about friendships. What makes a good friend? And that's a very broad question, but I don't think we kind of discuss what makes a good friend. We spoke about playing sports and we're kind of in the same position, struggling together but we didn't speak about how you make friends. 
and what makes a good friend? Like, what's your role as a guy friend? And I, I, I to, provide, to provide some context, once you're outside of school, there's not too many environments where you're just naturally going to be around people like that, other than work. And maybe you go to, mm-hmm. the, like, even at the club, you're not around people for that long. There's not too many environments where, you know, you're going to be in that you're going to make quote-unquote friends. So how do you make friends and what what actually makes a good friend? Um, I, well, you said, what was the first part of the question? I'm sorry. How do you make friends and what, how do you make friends and what constitute as a good friend? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, to me, it's a case by case basis. Um, yeah. I mean, as I got older, I just kind of make friends. Like I, it's just communication. Like I try and be, I try and be the same person to everybody, and if the communication and the vibes are right, yeah. you know what I'm saying. In terms of that connection factor, then you know, over time, naturally becoming friend. I don't think I ever have thought about what made it made you my friend. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. even with Henry. You know, I met Henry. I don't think I ever had a moment where I was like, oh, this guy's my friend now. <laughs> it's just more so like just communication and talking over and over again. And then it's like, it's case by case with each person because some people are my friends that just like their motivation. You know what I'm saying? And then other people, that, the other piece about them that made them my good friend is that they're going to be honest with me. You know, yeah. not all my friends are honest with me because we don't have that relationship. So yeah. it's case by case. What about you, Henry? What do you think? Um, and this is a very interesting question because I I struggled a lot when it came to keeping friends at a young age because I had selfish traits that I even know I had. And it took me being able to write down and reflecting on myself and just looking at myself and being open-minded to other people's perspective on how I act and how I treat them in situations. And then I realized that at the end of the day, I just really want to be around people that are loyal, mm-hmm. that take time to understand me. But most importantly, I realized that to be, to have a friend, you have to be a friend. Mm-hmm. And I think that I realized that a lot of people are driven by something. They're driven by something and they fear something. Mm-hmm. And if you sit down with someone and be authentic, like Mike Rowe said, like be authentic, be yourself. And if it clicks, it clicks. And realize that every friendship is not going to be perfect. But just because something doesn't go like you thought it, was, thought it was going to go doesn't mean that that friendship is dead. It means that you have to take time to understand, okay, let me take my lens off and let me put the lens on of the, the person and realize what they're looking at and how they are perceiving this um, this situation. And I think with that, I've realized that I've made some lifelong friendships because any friendship I have is not about me. It's about how can I serve that person? And if that person is authentic and they're genuine, that person will think the same way about you. Then a friendship, a beautiful friendship, will be created out of that. Do you think that philosophy is consistent among the men we know? So we think about the people we went to school with, if we think about... Because we have similar circles. Do you think that that philosophy is the same? No, no. And I can say specifically for the people I grew up with, because mm-hmm. I'm from Atlanta. So, <laughs> and a lot of my friends are still in Atlanta. So yeah. in Atlanta, it's easy to get caught up in the world. It's easy to like always be 
like grinding and trying to get something started. So they're not really into like the whole philosophy realm or like trying to understand people. Yeah. They're just trying to get shit done. Period. Yeah. Like, either you gonna help me or you're not. If you're not, let's let's keep it trucking. To be honest okay. with you, so they're more fast paced. So yeah. like talking like this to them, they're not really understanding because they're in it. They're, yeah. they're not taking time to like reflect and actually see it from a different lens. Yeah. But I still love them. But I just know that like it, I don't think it's the same for them. Do you, uh, is it the same in, in Kansas City? In Kansas City? I mean, uh, I mean, people here the way we are, bro, like, I'll say I have a lot of friends we look out for each other, but, mm-hmm. like, the kinds of relationships that I've built here, I have my close friends that, you know, we all are on the business mindset, but uh, I don't know. I, here is very easy for a lot of people to get caught in a mindset that this is what the world is. And naturally like it's, that's the difference between people here and life relationships. Like I know for a fact, there's just some people I will not be friends with strictly just here, just because they think that this is what the world is and this is how you live life. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people haven't stepped outside of their box. And that's just my personal view on it is I just, I don't know. I feel like that's a lot of reasons why I haven't like continued on with a lot of my friends on a close level because I began to sense like you're not thinking how I'm thinking in terms of how I want to live life. Like it's kind of like, I don't want to say small minded, but it's not where I'm at in in the slightest bit. I guess that's a nice way to lead into another interesting topic about I want to say ending friendships, but ending friendships might not be the right way. So like uh, Henry spoke about being in Atlanta, you're in the stick of it. And let's say you're trying to get out. Let's say you know actually the way things are is not sustainable, or maybe you just want something different and you're trying to get out, but your environment, the five average people, is the same people that you grew up with, not doing things that you necessarily want to do, how do you get out of that? How do you change your friendship groups to kind of change your whole philosophy, change your environment? I I don't think changing your friendship group is the the uh, solution. I think changing how you think about how you think about life and what you consume mm-hmm. is the solution, right? Because the law of attraction says that you you attract the things that you think about, right? Mm-hmm. The things that you think about, how you spend your time is what's going to come back to you. So if you start spending less time with the friends that are not influencing you and spend more time consuming books, consuming podcasts, consuming YouTube videos, talking to people that legit just pour onto you and they just, instead of you talking, they, they, they give you things that you can use and bring back to the table. That being webinars or whatever. I think it gets to the point where you have more value to bring to the table with people that can bring more value to you because a relationship is two way. Uh, a brothership is two way. I mean, if I have a brother, we're sharing knowledge together. If I have a girlfriend, we're sharing knowledge together. So in this case, like getting outside of your friend group, it starts there. Mm-hmm. In my in my opinion. And maybe yeah, I mean I think that's a I think that's I think that's interesting because you mentioned Atlanta. I London is really I think any inner city is almost the same place but different part in the world. 
people are in the stick of it. People just trying to trying to get by. People are trying to make money, and although you have quote unquote friends, right? Your people, your brothers, or whatever you want to call it. There is a like you mentioned, like there is a, a kind of selfishness there. It's like yes, you mentioned about being of service to your friend, like what do they need? But the way we're using friend and the may, maybe the way they're using friend or homeboy or whatever you want to call it in inner city London, in inner city Atlanta, in inner city Paris or wherever in the world is maybe a little bit different because of the conditions they're in. Is, yeah. that, is that fair to say? Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Just and just to touch back on your last point, um, last question, I, I do want to say this. I don't, me personally, I don't really end friendships, um, especially when they don't. You know, I think I'm the type of person. I just like I have that no man left behind mindset. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'll still kick it with you. Obviously, I'm not gonna pour my energy into you. But I will forever be the person until I die to keep dropping these gems on you until you begin to see a different way of looking at things. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I'm perfect, but I definitely know when somebody's not, doesn't see the whole picture. And I know I have a few friends, even family members that don't even see the whole picture. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to consistent. I'm a, like, the more and more you show yourself and you show what you're doing and the different things you're doing, I think they begin to come around and then that relationship can come back to being stronger. Like, I don't know. I've never been a person like, oh, since you're not on what I'm on, like, oh, I got to cut you out of my life. Yeah. Like, I just, I'm not that kind of person. Being the only child, bro, I'm very like, I'm, I am I care a lot about my the relationships I have mm-hmm. because I realize like, hey, bro, these bonds, the bonds that I build, these are sacred. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just can't, I couldn't be, I'm not that kind of person. I just, unless you just do me absolutely wrong. Like, yeah. and, and still even at that, I'm a forgiving person. Like, <laughs> I just never been that kind of guy. That's, I think I'm I'm the same. I'm uh, at least, maybe not the exact same. I'm probably, I probably have a little bit less tolerance. But a lot of the people I know, and including me, are, and talk about the guys, are similar when it comes to relationships with the guys but i also know and we both we have mutual we have frat brothers and mutual friends so i also know there's instances that are questionable so we this is what i spoke about loyalty going to the extreme let's say let's say hypothetical situation one of your friends is abusive to a woman or is talking to a woman a way you wouldn't doing stuff that you wouldn't or let's say they're doing questionable stuff to do with drugs or whatever whatever situation a situation that you yourself wouldn't do and you yourself yourself wouldn't approve of how do we handle those situations i believe especially when it comes to certain issues with women as in relationships i believe we see stuff that many of us probably wouldn't do, but we don't say anything to our friends. Like maybe we joke about it, we have fun about it, 
But there's a lot of stuff that goes on that we don't speak about to our friends. I agree. I mean, I'll be the way I am with my friend group. It, first off, it depends on if you're extremely close. Like we can be friends, but we close. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm a very honest person with my friends. Like if I think you're doing something that's messed up or something that's detrimental to your life, everybody knows that I'm going to tell you about yourself. That's not like some people get annoyed with me. They think I'm complaining. They think I'm nah, bro. I'm being honest with you. Yeah. And that's something that I, in my opinion, we lack as a society as a whole, not just black, it's everybody. We are not honest enough with each other. You know what I'm saying? Like people want to try and hold their tongues mm-hmm. out of trying not to piss somebody off. Like if I feel like if I piss you off, sometimes I'm happy because it shows me you care. Like if I go off on you about something you did and you just don't get mad or nothing, that shows me you just really don't care. But if I piss you off, I know I struck a nerve. Like you care. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, this is me. What do you think, Henry? Why don't we as guys talk to each other enough about maybe the questionable stuff we're doing and I'm talking about friends. Why don't we speak to our friends about the questionable stuff that they're doing? Was that a question in general or for me? Uh, uh, yeah, in general. Yeah, in general, even though I kind of, I, I said Henry, but, you know, whoever whoever wants to pick it up. I'll say for me, like, um, yeah, to answer your first question, I, and this grew on me, it wasn't always like this being, um, brought up as the only child, I realized that I want to treat people the way I want to be treated. And yeah. I want to reach my full potential while I'm on earth, which means that whoever I'm around, I want to make sure that if I'm doing something, I don't see it, you tell me. Mm-hmm. So I make sure every time I see something that that person just might not see you because they're only looking at their viewpoint. I tell mm-hmm. them and you kind of see what kind of person they are based off, like, like Rose said, like based off how they, um, based off how they act after you say it. And to answer your second question, I believe that a lot of people just don't speak up because I, I personally believe a lot of men are cowards. Like a lot of men just just are scared. They, they, they're they fearful. They they have these things in their head and they're just scared, scared to let it out. Um, they might lose a friend or that friend might say something that might get to them, but they don't ever take their self out of the situation and realize that I'm telling this person this for their best interest, not doing it for me. I'm doing it for them. Man. So I, Man. Yeah, I think if you, if you take it out of the viewpoint of I'm doing it for me and you take it into the viewpoint that I'm doing it to benefit that person, it's so easy to make those hard decisions because yeah. it's not about you. Man, you just said something major, man. And it's like, people are selfish. And this is why, and people don't understand how they're selfish. When somebody's doing something messed up, if you're listening to this right now, if you watch your friend do something messed up, and your first thought is, I don't want to piss them off, or I don't want them to get mad at me, you are being selfish because you're thinking about yourself and what you don't want to go through. Mm -hmm. I can't stand people that are like that, bro. And a lot of people are like that. Yeah. And I don't know why. I, I ask myself these questions because, you know, there's a lot going on right now. And like I mentioned about my other podcast and I speak to a lot of women and I'm in tech and I'm trying to, I got some of my best friends are women. So I'm, I'm trying to always advocate for for change. And I look towards myself, I look towards other men, 
And I ask myself, we know things are going wrong and we know men are doing stuff, our peers are doing stuff and we're seeing it, why don't we say more? And I think throughout the whole thing, you touched on throughout the whole podcast, you touched on a lot of things. Part of it is loyalty, loyalty to a fault. Part of it is competitive, competitive culture. Part of it is just being selfish. I think all of that contributes to why don't we say enough? Why don't we say more? And why don't we vocalize problems we're seeing in people close, in friends, in people closest to us? So definitely, I, I think I think that touches on very important issues when it comes to men and friendships. What in this will kind of summarize the whole kind of the whole conversation what do you think are the three biggest challenges with men and finding other men friends and what are steps we can do to kind of overcome those challenges i mean for me that is a good question but for me i know number one and the first thing that popped in my head is honesty Number two is accountability. Mm-hmm. And then number three, I, I, honestly, I don't even know. Um, those top two are so major because the only way we fix it is by teaching people, like, it's okay to piss people off. Like, it's okay, bro. Like, like there's nothing wrong with that. If they say, hey, bro, I'm pissed off at you, whatever, you get mad, you get into a bad argument. If you said something at the bottom of your heart and you was trying to better them, at some point, they're going to see it. Everybody comes around. Like, it does, that's what I realized. I'm like, it don't matter what you said. As long as you was trying to benefit them, they come around over time, bro. But if they stay stubborn, that wasn't nobody that needed to be in your life anyways. But to me, that's two of the biggest problems is honesty and accountability because a lot of people aren't holding anybody accountable. You'll watch, like, honest type person, bro, one of my friends, good friends will tell you, he didn't show up to class for three to four weeks. I was snapping on his man. Like, I'm trying to hold him accountable because we were in our fourth year. Like, we're in, we're deep in college. Like, this isn't the time to play. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And there's a lot of people that have just watched somebody yeah. go down a negative path and not open their mouth. And wow. I think that's a large issue we have right now. Uh, so. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally agree with those two. And I'm just going to throw in the third one and I'm going to refer back to a book. I'm an avid reader. I love reading a book that I read a couple months ago and it's called Mindset. And she talks about the difference between a mindset and a fixed mindset. And I think the third one is really having a growth mindset as a brother, like realizing that one, my brother is telling me this so I can grow and me internally, I need to realize that in order for me to grow, I have to identify my flaws, allow other people to identify my flaws and I have to figure out a way to fix them. I don't need to be so emotional about it. I need to realize that this is a part of life. Like nobody that did anything great in life started off great. Yeah. Like they they started at a point where they didn't understand what they were doing and they was legit just trying. Yeah. It's going through life and just making sure that once I make an action, I go back to ask the people around me, what can I do better? So I think the third one is growth mindset. I think those are really three great points. It made me think about, obviously we're all kind of young. It made me think about values and integrity 
and I know I I hear my uncle, I hear my my dad talking about values, right? And I don't think we really talk about values, like you know, having the integrity and the courage. Like I think I think my bro mentioned about the honesty and the courage when you see your brother doing something wrong to say something. And I don't know where that would have gone, but it seems like that's not apparent, that it's non-assistant. And it may just be me, my subjective experience, but it's coming to think, you know, even, even when we see, when we see each other saying stuff, that's, that's disrespectful to women, that's disrespectful to other men on social media. I don't see many men checking other men on like, no, like chill out on that. Like you're wrong. And may, maybe it, it comes down to the values, the integrity, the courage to, to really overcome that and holding each other accountable. For sure. Yeah, I I agree with that when it comes to the power of holding another man accountable. The power of hope, basically being able to put another man, I'm not going to say another man in his place, but understanding like, bro, if you do something negative or you do something that's just not right, being able as a man to tell a man, bro, don't do that. Like that, That's not cool. And this is why that's not cool. And I believe that if you get back in this circumstance, you need to do this because what you did right there just didn't make sense. And yeah, so what you said is powerful. And I also want to say, like, with the growth mindset piece, I learned based off that you have to have patience with others because people are trying to figure it out just like you. And if you have a brother, there's going to be times where you say things from a perspective that he might just not understand. And having the patience to understand that that person is going to basically change when they get to the point where they understand why they need to change. But if you see somebody progressing and you see somebody trying, that's really all it takes to really become the best version of yourself or really become the best brother you can be to your other brother. I'm going to ask you a question that will blow your mind, right? And my dad asked me this question, and it goes back to brotherhood, or just being able to realize that you can't do anything by yourself. So I want both of you all to ask yourself this question. Mm -hmm. Name one thing you have that nobody gave to you. Uh, I'm not sure. Should it be easy? Uh, (laughs) It's not easy. I mean, name name it. Name one thing that nobody gave to you. Not all. There's nothing I have that nobody gave to me. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not nothing. Because if you think, I mean, I was thinking monetary purchases, but then I started getting deep. I was like, well, somebody, my parents, did things to get me to this moment. You know what I'm saying? Like the way I was able to get to this job, it was a lot of people that helped me along the way of, you know, getting here. So I can't sit here and say that I just did this by myself. You know, because it sure wasn't. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So. I think that one question is something that men can ask themselves on a daily basis and slowly get outside of the mindset of the world, realizing that you can do everything by yourself because that's not reality. Mm-hmm. Like you having brothers around you, you all understanding each other on a deeper level is very important because mm-hmm. you all can do beautiful things together. So I just want to throw that in there. Uh-huh. Oh. 
I think we're going to wrap it up there. I think it was a good conversation. It was a good first conversation for the podcast. We want to see people's feedback, what they think about it, what they think about friendship and male friendships. But I do think we touched on a lot of really good points. And I want to thank you both for entering the discussion, especially at such short notice, so close to the new year.